What's up, what's up, what's up, friends, family, and fans? It is I, your most favorite person in the world, bar your mom, your dad, sister, brother, spouse, and all that kind of stuff. Stone Stafford here with my co-host, co-pilot, Ace, what else? No, what you, else can't, is you, can't butter, you cannot butter all that stuff up. Since you are the most favorite of, of all the alls of everything, but I'm you, just a guy. Hi, I'm Johnny Vaughn. No, no. It's funny you should say that because our guest literally talked about the importance of a number two. So don't diminish that. <laughs> Yo, real quick, we are here with Lynn Smith, and we are going to talk about the importance of media training. So back to what I was saying. This is a new world that we live in. If it's not through your virtual meetings, then it's through TikTok or the Cadillac of that would be a media appearance. But we are communicating through a lens. Lynn, hello. How are you? Hey, Stone. It's so good to be with both of you guys. And now I'm feeling a little bit like I need to justify why I'm here. That was such an introduction for you and your number two. I, I guess there's an important number three in the mix, I hope. <laughs> there absolutely is. And we are going to fully justify why you're here. So just so you guys know, so Lynn Smith, she is uh, someone that I met through an organization that I joined called Cliff Co. Shout out to Cliff Oxford, amazing organization. But um, so They'll, he'll bring in guests and things like that. And Lynn was up there speaking and I was just taken by just how polished she was. And so I pulled up my phone and Googled her and was like, who is this lady? You know what I mean? Like she's so well-spoken and put together and sure enough, it's what she does. So basically she's a speaker. She's a moderator. She was a, and I'll let you go into details on these Lynn, but she was actually a co-host or anchor on a news uh, news broadcast. So um, she knows what she's doing, but right now she spends a lot of her time really, I think, consulting the media, speaking, and she's an author and all these wonderful things. So feel free to pat yourself on the back, Lynn, because we want people to understand just how valuable our guest is. So Lynn Smith, tell the world about you. Give me a moment to gloat. No, just the opposite. Uh, this is, it's a wonderful honor to be with you. I agree, Stone, it's a, what, such a great organization. But what I do now, is really try and help people discover what's unique about them. I call it their edge, that 10% that nobody else is doing. Help them identify it as their superpower and then unleash it through the lens to make an impact. And that impact generally for business means more profit because you're getting exposure and that gives you credibility. What I did for the last 20 years to get here is journalism. So I was a journalist at NBC News, MSNBC. I started at the Today Show and most recently at CNN Headline News, where I was an anchor. And in COVID, we obviously all pivoted. My show was taken off the air so our producers could go to the mothership, CNN, and I was at Headline News. So I was reporting from home and I began to see some real shifts in life priorities for everyone. And I saw the changing landscape in journalism, and it really was farther and farther away from what I loved about it, which was storytelling, and a little bit more on the what's going to get a reaction, what's going to get a response. And so I, I wanted to pivot myself, and I spent some time taking a look at what that could be. And so I started with what I know, which is teaching people how to communicate through a lens. 
that happens to be my crutch. That's not normal for most people. I have 15 years anchoring doing that 20 years as a journalist, but 15 years of those anchoring, that's not a normal skill for people. And so for them, they need to see the interaction between others. They need to see eyeballs to be able to connect. This is a new world that we live in. If it's not through your virtual meetings, then it's through TikTok or the Cadillac of that would be a media appearance, but we are communicating through a lens. And so I created various programs when yes, the highest level is the media training, but the principles behind it really applies to every interaction that we have on video, which is so substantial right now. It's talking about confidence. It's talking about how to communicate in sound bites. And so that's some of the things I'm really excited to share with your audience today. Now, that is awesome. So first of all, I have to admit, sitting here just watching you talk, I don't know if this is a, take it as a compliment. Stone is known to give compliments and they're just taken totally wrong. But I felt like I was watching a newscast. (laughs) Like that's how seasoned and polished you are. So I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. (laughs) But I do want to put on top of that, that at 1000% respect you for wanting to break the mold of how news is communicated. Um, Just the whole what's going to get the most reaction, what's going to get the most views and ratings and all of that. And it's such a shame that news has gone down that 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 lane. And so I really, really do respect you for wanting to step out and break that mold. Seriously. And we need to put a little clap sound sound effect. (laughs) You know, I have two little boys. And so if I'm missing time with them, I better be making an impact. That's the way I looked at it. You know, I better be doing something that would make them proud. And so what I work with clients now is identifying what that impact of their story is and now pitching it to various news organizations that will let them tell their story in Mm -hmm. a package that is newsworthy. We have to find a news peg, something that makes a news organization want to cover it. But it's my way of, of in some ways hoping that we can change the narrative of what's going on in the news right now. I want to touch on something, Lynn, and this is going to probably be jumping around quite a bit, but it goes back to what Stone just said and how polished and just perfect you are in this particular moment. The one thing that I noticed when I first got in broadcast radio 12 years ago was that there were two personality types that I worked with in the studio. You had someone who was always on that voice, that personality. It's who they were. And then you had the person who is what I have become. They turn it on. I'm a completely different person. I'm more reserved. I'm more shy. I'm, I'm a hermit. I'm really to myself. But then I know how to flip that light switch when the on-air light comes on at work. Um, when you're coaching someone, that was one of the foundations of the things I had to learn how to do because I didn't have that in the beginning. I had to learn how to flip that light switch. Where do you start in helping people actually identify that aspect to create the presentation before you can even insert the story? Oh my gosh, you are so right about those two types of personalities in media and in radio. My husband will tell you, I'm me all the time, which can get really annoying. <laughs> He's like, you're always talking. You're always loud. You're always talking. <laughs> it's always loud. And then loud. I worked with so many people that the camera's off and they're like, yeah, peace. And they're like, go in and they're getting in their car and they don't want to talk to anybody. So the very first step that I get with a client is what are three things that you're doing that no one else as an expert in your field is doing? And then what is the one thing that you're doing that nobody else is doing? What's the one part of your story that no one else can have because it's your story? 
when we start digging into that, honestly, in the first session, it almost gets a little bit into like the therapy realm where I start to learn so much about them because they are identifying what makes them unique. That starts flipping the light switch on. And then through the techniques of building confidence, the techniques of talking in sound bites, the visualization techniques that we use, because you need to be able to leap through that lens, not just talk into a camera, but connect through the lens to the other person that's on the other side of that camera. For you, you know, it's the microphone. You needed to be able to communicate through that microphone so that they knew you and they were invested in you. And so the recording stopped. That that's mine because my my disc is out of space, but you guys will edit around that. But <laughs> I apologize. You starting with that very first place of knowing what makes you unique is an inspiration to a lot of people to say, I have a story, I have a place, and I have an important thing to share. And now I know what that is, and I'm excited to go out and do it. Yeah, I think that's so important. It's, and what you said is a mouthful, actually. And those of you who are listening, especially if you're artists, um, super important for what she's saying. Because one thing that internet has done for us is it has caused everyone to be, well, maybe not everyone a big fish, but it's put a lot more fish in the pond, you know? So we're just over inundated. So we always ask you as an artist, what makes you different? What makes you unique? What makes you step out? Or uh, what makes you. Um, Step out, right? Whatever. Stand out. Stand out. Thank you very much. Uh, you'll get a lot of those today. <laughs> but, um, and typically they're always thinking about the artistry that makes them so different. But you're right. You, yourself, you, your story is what makes you different. So, you know, just and even if you are from the hood or whatever, don't tell the same old thing. Yeah, we was hungry. I had to go out there and hustle to do what I needed to do to feed my family. Whoop de whoop. I mean, we're all out there hustling. We're all out there feeding our families, you know? And so what is it about that story that makes you so unique? So I, I personally feel that is a huge takeaway for you guys um, from Lynn today. And honestly, yeah. I think it can be what makes you newsworthy. It can be what gets the attention beyond everyone else because there are a lot of really talented musicians, but nobody has the story that you have. Amen. Amen. That deserved an amen on that one. <laughs> so when you, now you said, now we talk about, because obviously clicks are important, right? And so you have some people that do things just for clicks. And Johnny and I, we just did a uh, podcast episode where we were talking about Kanye West's um, documentary called Genius which was a really good documentary, at least in my opinion, the first two. So, and I will continue to say that. I'm not judging, it's my opinion. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, as I'm saying these things, it's so funny because as I'm saying this, I'm like, I wonder if I was like, if I was working with Lynn, if she was like, you can't say that. You can't say that. <laughs> you can say whatever you want unless you think you're gonna get sued. <laughs> okay. That's what I say, be yourself. That's the most important thing is being the only thing I know how to be. I, uh, I, still, I still follow the rule. I ask for forgiveness and yeah. instead of instead permission. Of permission. That is why, but it is why I like podcasts. So, so with Kanye though, and our, I kept giving Kanye the benefit of the doubt and the argument and stuff like that. But, but Johnny was just stuck and I'm not saying he's wrong. I agree. He's just stuck on the fact that Kanye one, he's provocative, right? But then plenty of times he's provocative on purpose. Like he is guiding and steering that situation or that narrative into the provocative lane because that's going to keep people talking about him and things like that. Good, bad, or indifferent, right? W what is your advice about that? Because, you know, obviously the famous thing is there is no such thing as bad press. 
I don't know if I totally subscribe to that paradigm. So what, what would be your, your thoughts on that? I think you're so right. I mean, think back on Lady Gaga, right? Before we even knew what her face looked like, she was like coming out of an egg at award shows, you know? Like, right. remember back before we knew what she looked like, but that made her famous. It got her attention. This is the complexity of society right now. And I think it really comes down to a moral question you have to ask yourself. What do I feel good about? And what kind of attention do I want to be attracting? So for me, I'm only working with a client that's making a positive impact. I made a decision that I left a really cushy cable news contract and I decided my priorities are my family. We don't have much time with them. And I was going to put trust in if I'm working with people who are making an impact, then I can live with myself and feel good whenever I go. And so for you, I think it's really asking yourself, what kind of impact do you want to make as an artist? And how do you want to do that? And right. if you can feel good about yourself when you're making that impact, then you're making the right decision. And that's going to be different for everybody. But yeah. when you're making decisions based on how many clicks you're going to get and you know how many TikTok, Instagram, likes you're going to get, that's not going to be fulfilling for you. You might maybe get a recording contract or you might get something that you're dreaming of, but at the end of the day, what makes you fulfilled and how do you want to get there? And that's really a moral question, I think, for people. Hmm. Well, right. I, I know you got a question. No, I got keep a bunch it. of questions. Yeah, but... keep them because I just wanted to bounce off of what she said. You know me, uh -oh. right? <laughs> what makes you... Then you have the artists, though, that truly, and I'm not asking you to become a psychologist here, which you're so talented, you might even be one on the side. I don't know. But, <laughs> but you have these artists where just the fact of people, just the likes and the number of followers and the clicks, that's fulfillment. Can you, do you have a, maybe just a thought on that or advice maybe? I would say that's probably something that you need to dig deep and say, what kind of fulfillment is it? You know, is that somebody saying that you look pretty all the time? If you need it from somebody else, then that's not really fulfillment. You mm -hmm. know, it's like yeah. when you care about whether or not someone likes you, you might not like yourself, right? Like that's just a philosophy of life. That's not even like a psychology thing. But if you aren't sure or you care too much about what others think of you, then you're not real sure about yourself or else you wouldn't yeah. need that. And so, sure. I mean, I'm the same way. You don't think that I go on my TikTok, which I don't have that many followers because I'm new to it and I'm an old lady and I'm like not funny and not doing these silly dances. Um, but you don't think I go on there and I'm like, oh, how are people getting like hundreds of thousands of likes? Like no one likes mine. And, and I'm a grown adult that shouldn't care. Sure. Right. It's natural. They created these platforms so that we would do this. Like we know there is research behind that. We just don't have to give it power. We can decide what our fulfillment is. And if you're an artist and you're a musician, like you're already there, you are making an impact. So you get to decide if that's positive or if that's counterproductive for who you want to be you know, taking in your music and taking in your art. Cause that's a real gift. One that love I that. certainly do not have. <laughs> love that. Love that. Thank Stone's you. real big on the intangible stuff. The, how does it feel? The emotional aspect. I like practical stuff. I like things we can tangibly touch things that I can take and say, I'm going to apply this to that instead of, I feel it. So, <laughs> um, th this is one. This is one thing that, that I've always envied uh, you TV personalities is that you have the the gift of visuals. Uh, obviously, we in broadcast radio do not have that. So, there's more theater of the mind that's involved in in what we do. Um, setting that up to ask this question: 
every platform, every form of media, even the new things that are being created, TikTok, Instagram, we know that people consume the media differently on each individual platform. How do you approach coaching someone through speaking through that lens to each individual platform? Because you can't speak on television the way you address someone in TikTok. It won't get consumed the same way. So how do you how do you approach it? I do think that two things apply exactly the same across all platforms. One of them is you have three to five seconds to get someone to like you and you have 30 seconds to get someone to trust you. That's the same across Mm. any platform, whether they can see your face or whether they can hear you, anything. The second one is the construct of a soundbite that I coach people to do. So when you go on TikTok or you go on Instagram or you go on a media appearance, this all applies. You need to tell me why I should care put that in headline form. And that is the first thing out of your mouth. Then you need to give me something valuable. I call that the meat of whatever you are talking about. You should go into any interview or any social media post having three to five valuable takeaways and one takeaway per question or video. That is the meat that should be juicy, valuable, tangible, as you say. And then you end on the chill factor. And that's something that's memorable. And it sort of leaves you with the chills going down the back of your spine. And then you force yourself to hard stop because that's the only real amount of information that we can take in. If you start rambling and going on and on and repeating yourself, that viewer or that listener or that they're swiping, clicking everything away from you. If you follow those two things, it is universal across all platforms. Wow. Okay. That was like probably like what, $100, $250 worth of consult right there? <laughs> like, seriously, that was juicy. I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to listen to the doggone thing a bunch myself because that last part you said was me all day. You know, I make that point at home, but then I keep trying to drive it home and really I'm undoing it. So uh, that wasn't good. Yeah, my it's big thing not, is it's a common. No, go, go ahead, Lynn. It's a common mistake. It's actually one that every single one of my clients is like, how do I know? how to hard stop. I feel like I go on and on and I feel like I don't, like I'm thinking in my head so I don't get to the meat quick enough. But that's why you follow the construct of a soundbite. Right out of the gate, tell me why I should care. Give me the meat and on the chill factor and it will avoid you. It sort of like gives you the walls from you know allowing you to veer off course. Sure. Okay, building this personality. This, this is the one thing that I've watched media trainers help athletes with help musicians with at early stages of their careers they're super shy they're in their shells we talked earlier about figuring out where that confidence anchor is and being confident some people just aren't um i've i've tried to coach new talent that way i I spent some time helping new on-air talent with it myself and i always struggle trying to figure out where to seat them in their comfort zone to help them find that confidence for them to be able to blossom. How do you get to that quickly? There's, there's gotta be a secret sauce to go from zero to 60, uh, from no confidence or little confidence to enough to be presentable in any broadcast platform. Well, I do have three pillars of confidence, but before we get to that, I think what's really important is to allow someone to be themselves. So if someone is really shy You need to let them still be themselves. You're not going to turn them into like the Jim Cramer of musicians on TV. You need to allow them to be that so that it's authentic. And and if they are shy, it's saying, it's okay. 
if you seem a little timid, let yourself be yourself and then you will feel more and more comfortable and confident. It's when you keep trying to push people into a zone that they're not in, that you really are coming up against resistance first and foremost. But then when it comes to my pillars of confidence, it's drilling it down into three simple P's, right? So the first one is prepare that you walk into a situation prepared, not having things memorized, but that you really are prepared for wherever this could go. You know your stuff. And so wherever anything is going to go, you can talk about this from your personal story or your expertise. I mean, I've had clients where they are going on a, one of my clients in particular was going on court TV for the first time. And he had a producer get in his ear and say, um, we have another guest with you. And the first thing that popped into his head was like the Fox News, CNN, they're going to have us politically fighting. Like, why would they put me with a guest? And it really threw him off initially. But then he remembered and he went through that pillar of confidence of like, I'm prepared for anything. I'm an expert in my field. I can talk about anything and that's okay. And he nailed that appearance. Nice. The second one is purpose. You have to remember what you are there for. When you have a media appearance, you are not there to carry a show. You are there to give 30 to 45 second sound bites that are valuable. And if you're on television, visible and visual. So you want to be able to like sort of make the story come to life and make sure that you are giving facial expressions that are authentic to make it look that way. So you're not talking like a straight face and you still feel like really uncomfortable, but it's natural. You know, it's something that you naturally feel. And then the third P is promise, where you really promise yourself that you are going to get out of your head, you are going to be authentic, and that you are going to let the little things go. And then after the appearance, we'll go through and watch it and we'll change the big things. But you have a stumble here or there, you say something that you feel like wasn't right, you correct it, you let it go. And that's really the foundation that I work with people on building some of that confidence. And it's not something that happens overnight, but when you start in that way, in that safe way for them, it feels a lot less intimidating than if you're just like, be excited. (laughs) I've completely restructured my entire teaching method now, thanks to Lynn. I've been doing it wrong all the time. I do a commission on this. I get get a 10% (laughs) of anything. (laughs) Now that's that's strong stuff. And, And everything that Lynn's talking about, at the end of the day, one, this is why we, you guys, this is why we provide this kind of content to you guys. And we thank Lynn for participating in our vision to help other people. Um, but eventually you want to have people around you that know this stuff if you can. So that was my lame attempt to segue into <laughs> what, what I mentioned earlier before about um, the importance of a number two that you had talked about at Cliffco before. Can we just spend maybe five minutes on that if you can? Because it's, it's something you can go on and on about because it's so valuable. But really, like when, when these artists and producers and, and actors, when you're putting your team together, like that team is everything. I cannot stress that enough. But then in that team, the most important person is that number two. And don't let the number two scare you or throw you off because that number two is everything. So, and I, you really impacted me when you talked about that. Can you share some of that, some of that wisdom with our, with our listeners? Yeah. I don't think that you can be successful without not just your team, but your number two. And I'll give you the example in news. My number two is always my executive producer. 
And they don't just protect me on the screen, they protect me off the screen. And you know this in the music business, it's exactly the same. You are protecting them from themselves sometimes, you're being the bad guy sometimes, you're telling them the hard feedback that they need to hear, but nobody else feels comfortable with telling them that because they're scared (laughs) to tell them that, but your number two needs to be able to be that person that will be tough. And they're just somebody that you trust implicitly. So if you walk in and you say, I want to do this. And I say, this is not your brand. We do not think this is going to be good for you in the long run. And here's why you listen to them because you've entrusted them with that number two role that allows you to be protected. It's kind of like building a moat around your castle where only the people you want to get let in get in. And the gatekeeper of that is your number two. And so I just, you know, I've always throughout my career searched for that support person, even when I wasn't a news anchor. You know, if I was a producer at the Today Show, I had to have my associate producer that was able to be that support system because you can't do everything and you shouldn't do everything. When you try to, it only holds you back. And the other thing that's really important to think about when it comes to that number two is show that number two a great amount of respect and make sure that you are making them feel as valuable as you know they are. This is not someone you treat as an employee. This is someone you treat as like your real source. Like you are my, you're my arm. If I didn't have you, I don't know, you know, like you are showering that person with appreciation. Lynn, the only, I, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I got to do. So I, I just I want to show you one. I want to I'm going to get to this question later because I want to know if there's a way for us to rebrand number two as something a little more prestigious because number two just feels weird. But this is what Stone does to me. I'm accepting the fact that I am the number two here. OK, when I come in the studio today for this, my chair is not here. It's not. I don't have a pillow sitting. He put a step ladder here. Can we be honest? Nope. Lynn, so he has a lot of backhanded ways of reminding me that I'm below 5'9". It's okay. I understand that I'm short stone, but Lynn, would you would you say that he's treating his number two in a way? That's that, not fair. I, that, that that's not so fair. not fair. I'm new on this podcast. That, <laughs> that is not fair, Lynn. First of all, I'm going to protect you because of my Thank respect you. and like for you that you are being drawn into a false narrative here. <laughs> all right. Exactly. And you, she can smell that. A I mile know, away I know when I'm tiptoeing into something that's going to get me in trouble. I know <laughs> when to throw my hand up narrative. and say, Hey, I'm going to have my number two answer that question. <laughs> I don't answer those types of questions. I will say this though, and I am going to go live with this. If one, if there's one thing I am at a fault and that is um, transparent, literally not before this podcast, I had to talk with essentially one of my number twos. The reason why I say that is because in the studio, we have certain lanes in part. So you're my number two in this lane. You're my number two in this lane. I don't know if that even makes sense, but this guy runs in there. So I had to mention something to him and I just did it just, just man to man. I mean, I wasn't mad or I'll just say, Hey, next time, blah, 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 boom, boom, boom. And that was it. And it made him feel some kind of way. Now, one thing I probably don't do that you just said, again, guys, I'm putting myself out here for you. Appreciate this is I can shower my number twos a lot more, a lot more. Um, And the reason why I think that's so important, 
um, by you advising us to do that, because there will be some time when you may have to correct your number two, redirect them. And hopefully the ratio of showering and praise to correction is so lopsided that that correction is, is easily just taken be like, okay, cool. You know, as opposed to, well, you don't really pay attention when I do this right. And da, 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 da. So that is the lesson I got out of what you just said. Um, I'm letting you guys, I, I am learning right here in front of you. All right. Just because I host the thing doesn't mean I know everything, but we're going to learn and grow together. Um, I am also available for workplace therapy sessions. If anybody <laughs> would like to reach out, you know, I have, we're, we do need to find another name for number two, right? Like I, I, of course that's what it means, but everybody is like sort of giggles, but I, I have a client who started with me media training and we're now like six months, seven months down the road where I'm having him on all different networks and he has just exploded and he calls me the ambassador of his Quan, right? Like Jerry Maguire and Rod Tidwell. And he's like, you are the ambassador of my Quan. And I'm like, hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I will be that ambassador to you. I take that seriously. So I may uh, rebrand that when it comes to my own. That is a good word, ambassador. Yeah. Well, if you guys haven't figured it out by now, Johnny is absolutely my ambassador. 100%. He edits everything that you hear. That feels so he's, much better. He than sound corrects everything that you hear. He does all the technical stuff yes. that I don't know how to do. Yes. Really, we wouldn't have this thing running as smoothly as we run it without my Look ambassador. There you go. I think I answered this. that question Johnny had. <laughs> he did. Lynn, I want to touch on something that, um, well, let me, let me set it up by saying this. I, I have a lot of friends who are copywriters. I have a few friends who are English and language arts professors, and we've gotten into the curse of writing debates and how language is changing and words being added to the dictionary that weren't there 10 years ago. And my stance on that is that media and technology in general are starting to move at such a fast pace that we have to just accept that what was yesterday is not going to be tomorrow. Now, by me saying that, I do still think it's important to fully understand the different levels there are in being presented as the host or the speaker or the anchor um, or the DJ. A lot of people are coming into it now because it's so accessible and they just want to be the face. And a lot of the homework that went into it, I don't know, it's probably, I mean, you've been the top of the food chain for a minute, but at one point you were putting your own packages together, you were doing your own editing, you were writing your own copy, and then you were actually performing. That aspect is missing now. A lot of people that I'm seeing now jump straight to, I want my face here. How do you talk to them? And this this is the feel good part. This is this is the emotional aspect. How do you actually connect with them to convince someone to understand that you have to take a few steps back and understand that level so that you know what's happening at every stage so that when you are there, you're believable, that you can make that connection, that within those 30 seconds, you can get the people to trust you. Because I'm seeing a lot of new radio personalities come up and they're missing a lot of the key chains in the link that will make them great personalities because they haven't learned how to actually communicate on the foundational level. So how do you do it? How do you help them figure that out? So first and foremost, like where I started, I was a secretary for four years. I got coffee, lunches, rolled calls, filed for, here's the key. 
high level executives that I knew made decisions and that I could learn from. Mm. So I went fishing where the fish were. I didn't try and go to Topeka, Kansas and become a reporter. I tried to get an internship at NBC so that I could be surrounded by high level talent and learn from them. And that was the key to my success. And I'm now, you know, 20 years into my career and I'm still learning. I look at someone like Cliff as a new entrepreneur. I am completely humbled and an open book to anyone whose brain I can pick. I'm constantly learning. And if you want to be successful at anything, no matter how talented you are, no matter how many people are telling you you're amazing, you're never going to be able to sustain it unless you come from that learning and always wanting to learn mentality. It's the only way to maintain success because you will always be encountering adversity. You'll always be encountering rejection at some point. Nobody makes it to the top and doesn't fail, stumble, face plant. It was really amazing. I read Will Smith's new book and I'm so, I literally find myself quoting this book. It's more like a life book, but his, his grandmother said to him when he was just starting out in the rap world that, you know, be careful who you talk to on the way up because you might just see them on the way down. And if you've ever heard his story, he had a colossal fall from grace And it's what he did afterwards that allowed him to become the superstar that he is. So I just find young people don't understand the concept of rejection and adversity and how essential it is to success. And so I would just say to anyone out there that's just getting started, embrace it, allow yourself to learn from people that have all the links together because they're the ones that are going to feed you and your inspiration and your motivation going forward. No, that's good stuff. And if I can tag on to that too, is, is fight the feeling of thinking of us as old heads or thinking of us as out of touch. That's not the way we do it anymore. That type of thing. Cause from what you're touching on, there are just baseline fundamentals that never change. And, and unfortunately some of us, that's a little bit of the struggle. He, we actually did a whole podcast, I think on the whole we new generation a, thing. Yeah. And that's, that's the I'm hard. in that weird place, Lynn, where I'm, I, I get it. I fully understand the old gatekeeper, the old guard. I, I got into my career there, but I'm also s- still a younger, older millennial. I'm on that weird age group of it right before the next gen. I completely understand the generation coming up, the the bulldoze, the wanting to get through because the part, when I got into the business, a lot of the people who were still there were hanging on too long and the ideas weren't fresh. Technology was coming up. They didn't want to incorporate podcasting back then. They didn't want to live stream on Facebook once it became a thing. And from my perspective, I couldn't understand that. So I I get it. I fully understand if it works, don't break it. Um, But I also know that we're in an age now where innovation is the most important aspect of almost every business because of how fast things are changing. But the reason why I asked that question is because that underlying thread of, of what got things to where they are, what creates a great reporter, what creates a great personality, what creates a great podcast, those foundations aren't going to change. Right. How much time you have may change. Like right. those 30 seconds to get people to, to trust you. Mm-hmm. It's like eight seconds on TikTok. Literally. Like it's it, the time, the amount of time you have will change. But and that will obviously change the approach on how we uh, you know how we focus on on approaching it. Um, but 
knowing the basics and again those relationships and getting in those environments mm-hmm. and and soaking it up i think is the most important thing because my football coach always told me once when i got my scholarship he said i don't care how good you are how fast you are he said you will always tuck the football and that, that stuck with me all my life he said i don't care where the game goes you will always have to tuck the football and to this day when stone is watching the super bowl from his couch he <laughs> like, tucks the tucking football, the football. <laughs> So look, I want to. I want you to ta- what, real quick. What you guys are talking about is like you can do all the right things. You can become TikTok famous overnight, but you can't combat what life is. Life is not TikTok. You can be famous on TikTok, but everything can disappear because that's life. Life that is, is the not there. Podcast right there. Yeah, you are not special. You do not deserve anything. And that's going to be taught to you somehow, sometime, mm, yeah. at some point. So you better be ready for it. Oh, my gosh. Cue the church music. Cue the church organ. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I want her to leave with a parting thought. But did you have any other I got nothing, Lynn. I, when you bring someone who's a more accomplished broadcaster than I am, I don't need to talk. I think I spoke too much today. Lynn, thank no. you for allowing me to have the floor for a few minutes. I appreciate it. But no, it's been a pleasure just listening to you because these are things that I remember going through in my early days. And even though like, I, you, the fresh spin that you put on it, the way you approach it now, it's it's still acceptable. And people who are younger are going to gravitate towards that content because of the way you're delivering it. And I have no doubt that your TikTok is going to explode eventually once people realize uh, what's there. But it's it's important to have people like you. Um, and I'm glad I've been able to meet you through Stone because I, I may have I may have to bug you down the road. So I may not be able to get the internship in your office to be close <laughs> to the ambassador. But I have your email address and your phone number now. So. You are so kind. I'm humbled by that. It's an honor to be with you being so accomplished as well. And, and same with you, Stone. I'm so honored to be in that same entrepreneur group where it's these minds who understand that we are so much better together and that the things that we face, we need each other to figure out. And I really hope that younger people start embracing that because it's not something that's being taught by their parents or the culture or media. It's just not. It's something that's being lost. And if we don't focus on it, it's really going to change a lot of what we do and what makes us successful. Awesome. Well, I was going to put a musical term to him say, well, what is Lynn's lingering lyric? But uh, I think that actually works for it. God, that works because I have nothing in that regard. I told you I am as far from musically talented as the next guy. But you know what, though? The beautiful thing is everything that you shared applies across the board. So that's what made it so valuable. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you. Where can people find you? Because I'm sure they're going to be like, man, I need to follow this lady because this is some great stuff. Where can they find you? Thank you so much. I'm on TikTok. (laughs) You follow me there. Alan Smith TV. I have much more of a presence on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at Lynn Smith TV. And then my website, lynnsmithtv.com is where all of my different courses live. I have a crush it on video, crush it on TV. And then I have one-on-one coaching that I do. And I'm just, part of me is so fulfilled to just interact with people who are so highly motivated and have a story to tell. So it's been some of the most fulfilling work that I've done. It's been a real privilege for me. Awesome. Thanks so much. So you guys make sure you you follow her, like her. And if you feel you can use these expertise, I think she's already proven to you already that this is something that can go across the board. 
by all means, definitely use her services. And once you go to her website, I'm sure you can follow the links on how to do that. Johnny, as always, where can they find you? Just Johnny Vaughn, J-U-S-T-J-O-N-Y-V-A-N on all of your social media platforms. But the most important thing is lifeonpodcast.com. There it is, lifeonpodcast.com. That is our hub for everything. Anywhere you want to go, lifeonpodcast.com, that's where you go. Now, if you me, I'm on Instagram at stone007. Yeah, that fool will not come off those zeros still. So I am S-T-O-N-E-Z, uh, letter O, letter O-7. And on Twitter, I am at stone007. You guys, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Uh, we need the world to know about Lynn Smith and everything that she has to offer. So share this episode with all of your friends. Trust me, you're going to look like a hero. Lynn, we want to thank you again for joining us. And uh, we hope you have an amazing rest of your week. Thank you. The pleasure was all mine. You too. Awesome. You guys, thanks for listening. We know it. You know how it is. We love y'all. We're out. Peace. Peace.